The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at UnderdogFantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in the Best Ball Mania 2 and a chance to win a million bucks. And make sure you tune in for the draft day, July 13th. That's when Ryan Kramer of the Sports Gambling Podcast attempts to draft for 24 hours straight with Underdog Fantasy. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Yes, ring the bell off of the 4th of July weekend. We now come in with another edition of the only show you need if you are a fight fan. We cover it all from here in the U.S., all of North America, really, but all the way to the U.K., to the Far East, to Australia, and back. If it's happening in the sweet science, we do our best to talk about it, cover it, chop it up on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. I am merely the somewhat capable host. Still celebrating the Tampa Bay Lightning back-to-back Stanley Cup wins as we come your way uh, here from West Central Florida, at least in the Reeves household. I look forward to talking with Marquise John, senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com, straight ahead. Marquise used to be with me in the Sunshine State of the Tampa Bay area, but as we have now uh, let everybody know, he has moved out west to the Mile High City in Denver. You leave Marquise and the Lightning go back-to-back with the Stanley Cup anyway. We'll talk with him in a moment about Champa Bay, baby, uh, as it continues. But we're here to talk boxing as well. So much on the plate. Glad you found us. However you did, through a social media link, Sports Gambling Podcast, sportsgamblingpodcast.com website, their network feed of shows. Thank you for finding us. Make sure you subscribe. Find us on Big Fight Weekend on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe away. Again, thousands and thousands and thousands of you have been finding us over the course of the last 90 days or so. Keep doing that. Keep subscribing. Keep spreading the word. We've got news. We've got uh, points of view. We've got special guests. To that end, a great boxing insider from the West Coast, Steve Kim, formerly with ESPN. Kim with the Three Knockdown Rule podcast. He and the actor-entertainer Mario Lopez do a great job every week on the Three Knockdown Rule. Love Steve's insight. He has been covering the sport of boxing for 25 years on the beat and at World Championship fights. We've got so much to talk to him about, but in particular, he's in L.A. And the biggest fight card, I mean, we'll say this, in the U.K., they care about the the uh, the the uh, what is it Queensbury Promotions card that's coming up on BT Sport Saturday night. Nondescript fighters though that are basically in that. The bigger card for as far as we're concerned in the U.S. is the Golden Boy Promotions card in Los Angeles. Steve will be there coming Friday night, depending on when you're hearing the podcast. Friday night fights, Golden Boy Promotions. 
It is Zerto Ramirez, Sullivan Barrera, light heavyweight contenders in the main event, co-feature a lightweight battle that has some implications for down the road in the WBC lightweight picture. Javier Fortuna, the veteran, former junior lightweight world champion, Jojo Diaz, moving up in weight. The former champ stripped of his belt for missing weight. Well, now he's fighting as a lightweight. Fights Fortuna. Winner of that fight is in the picture for names like Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney, and maybe others, whoever wins. So that is the Golden Boy Show. Steve Kim will be there. He'll tell us more about that in just a little bit here on the podcast. And we've got so much to talk about. Uh, I want to save the discussion about the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder fight being off because at the time that you're hearing this now as we head towards the weekend, you probably know by now, if not, we're breaking it to you. Hopefully you didn't have big plans for the pay-per-view, much less heading out to Vegas because that one is not happening, at least right now. Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder 3 is off because Fury and several members of his training camp have tested positive for COVID-19. The camp shut down, not able to train, and Fury reportedly symptomatic. And so we don't know when this third fight can be rescheduled. We'll talk more about that as the podcast goes on. With all of that out of the way, though, let me bring in senior writer, Big Fight Weekend, Marquise Johns, my wingman, now from the Mile High City, is back aboard on the show and on the podcast. So much to discuss. News of the week. And uh, fights that are coming this weekend. How are you, sir? Absolutely fantastic, TJ. And more importantly, definitely excited for the fact that the Tampa Bay Lightning won. And I am nowhere near to celebrate with any of this stuff. You're having to celebrate from the distance. We're going to have another boat parade coming at the time that we're taping this. It looks like the boat parade is Monday. So uh, we're going to have the boat parade and, and be able to celebrate again. So we're anxious about that. It is Champa Bay. That is for sure. Even if Marquise is not here with us in the, uh, in the immediate vicinity uh, on this. All right. So uh, we have some news of the week. Again, we'll get to much more about the Fury Wilder postponement in a little bit. Uh, we come off of a weekend last weekend where there were not spectacular fights. The biggest one was a Showtime PBC card in California. Chris Colbert headlining that 130-pounder. What were your impressions there of Colbert as he got the win and he's trying to be in the 130-pound title picture, uh, Marquise? That was the most notable fight, really, of last weekend. That fight sucked, TJ, and not only did it suck, uh, it was one of those t- fights that it was set up for Chris Colbert to pretty much all but knock down this guy in King Tut uh, nine bar. I mean, he was coming up, uh, he was coming up in weight. He was a last minute replacement for twelve rounds, TJ. We got uh, a jab clinic, which is great if you're looking for that sort of thing. But to me, the ever fifteen people that were probably watching it, and the tens of twenties that were watching it at the Dignity Sports Health Club in Carson last Saturday. Not so much, but we'll, we'll see what happens with him afterwards, TJ. I'm intrigued to see what he's, he's going to fight next afterwards because he, he he was calling out TJ Leo Santa Cruz. And let's be honest, TJ, we've seen Leo Santa Cruz. We don't want to see that again. And and this guy, Nine Bar, was essentially a version of Santa Cruz. So I'm hoping uh, for Cobra to actually give him someone actually at, in his weight range, hopefully an Xavier Martinez or someone that they have slotted in this WBA ranking nonsense that will actually you know put a better fight for him. Yeah, Colbert really had a chance, if he had been spectacular, to at least have have some buzz on Saturday night of last weekend because there was no other significant fight. He was the main event fighter in the main event fight. And again, I mean, you do what you have to do to win the fight, and we've criticized other fighters about this. Demetrius Andrade is one of those as the WBO middleweight mm-hmm. champ. It's one thing that you're doing what's necessary to win, Marquise. I know what you're saying, where you're boxing, you're using your jab or whatever. 
But what sells tickets is excitement and big punches and knockdowns and knockouts. And Chris Colbert dancing around, dancing the night away for 12 rounds with a guy that he that he just uh, got matched up with like nine days earlier that he, he should have disposed of. That raises some questions about whether this guy has got primetime potential here. His nickname is Primetime. That was not primetime stuff, though, when you're just going to jab, dance, move, occasionally hit him, and dance around for 12 rounds. That, uh, that doesn't sell, right? That's what you're saying. Not at all, TJ. And, and Colbert should know this. He's, what, he's been – he's, he's been the reason why he's been got this name was Prenda because two of his knockouts against Jamie Abarella and I want to say Jesus Martinez, these are highlight road knockouts he's done before. So he has the ability and the power. He just didn't do it against King Tug, who – for one reason or another, TJ, despite being absolutely punched in the face like at about four to one clip, just wouldn't go down, and Colbert couldn't make him go down. So he'll reset and regroup, but, man, this was a missed opportunity for sure. All right, so that was the, the uh, fight cards coming off of last weekend, including uh, Michael Rivera uh, also mm-hmm. scoring a knockout, junior middleweight uh, contender scoring a sp- actually down earlier in the fight with John Fernandez mm-hmm. um, and Rivera mm-hmm. comes back and scores a big one punch KO. There was the spectacular KO and Rivera even had the get up the Muhammad Ali get up paying tribute to the greatest with the trunks that said Ali on them, the white trunks with the, with the black stripe that Ali always had and had the haircut kind of like Muhammad Ali circa early 1960s. And, and scored the big knockout. At least that had some buzz. That had some sizzle on the co-feature on the Showtime PBC card. Absolutely, TJ. Yeah, and a lightweight prospect, uh, Michael Rivera. Shout out to uh, Showtime photographer Esther Lynn, who took the photos this past weekend, because she got the shot of him over Fernandez looking like Muhammad Ali, which looked really great on on, on the pictures we got back for, for, for the media and whatnot. And it was actually a pretty good fight. That was more of an interesting fight, TJ, than the actual main event. And it was a Showtime card, honestly, that had nothing on it to begin with, because a lot of the fight, yeah, they were replaying the Javante Davis, Mario Barrios uh, fight over again. Spoiler alert, Davis still wins again. So, I mean, there was nothing else happening up this weekend for the most part so I'm, I'm hoping for these guys especially with this and I'm, I'm really hoping especially with Rivera because he is a prospect of one that could keep an eye out for if he tightens his defense up TJ he's going to be a problem at 135 and we all know that 135 is pretty much a log jam with a loss with, with a, a cavalcade of characters with a uh, judging from uh you know the ones at the top you know if, if Tank Davis goes back to 135 I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm if you about that but a couple other names like Rolly Romero and and another name one, but probably as well, TJ Isaac Cruz is one of the name that, that, that comes to mind as well in, in terms of PBC folks and guys are the match for Rivera. So keep that in mind next time down the line for Rivera on, on this, but he's fun to watch. We'll hear Steve Kim talk more about Teofimo Lopez. We've got Lomachenko. You'll hear Kim talking about this Fortuna fight with Jojo Diaz that's coming up Friday night uh, in Los Angeles. And how does all of this fit in? How does Devin Haney fit in uh, to the lightweight picture? We'll hear more about that as the uh, as the show goes on. And we should make mention, I said junior middleweight. I got ahead of myself. Uh, since last we were on the podcast, a Wednesday night bout in Australia as advertised unbeaten junior middleweight contender, number one WBO contender, Tim Zhu, the son of the Hall of Famer Costa Zhu, back in action against, as you like to call it, favorable competition, another late <laughs> replacement. Stevie Spark was his name, and Stevie had not much spark and, and took the liver shiver. He took the lefts to the liver and went down and couldn't get up Wednesday night in Newcastle, Australia. 
All right, Marquise, your thoughts real quick on Tim Zhu, the knockout, the latest knockout of yet another Australian kind of uh, so-so fighter. And what does this mean for Zhu down the road now that he got another KO? I'm really intrigued, TJ, to see if they're actually going to give uh, Tim Zhu an actual opponent uh, outside of the country at this point. Because let's be honest, TJ, I'm, I'm tired of uh, Tim Zhu at this point fighting these these favorable opposition fights and uh, these late-man replacements uh, in Australia, these domestic fights. And I, and I understand what happened, TJ. The guy bailed at the last minute, Michael Zepeda, because of COVID reasons or concerns, whatever have you. So they had to find someone for that event, TJ. Because as you saw in that fight broadcast, that was a packed building. So they, that, they, they just can't refund all of that money back. So they had to find somebody. And unfortunately, Steve... Steve got sparked, and he was the the recipient of all of that. I'm hoping TJ at the at, once it's all said and done, someone from at, in, in the 154 stable, a, a PBC top rank, whoever. I, I don't care at this point. Someone's going to have to make the field trip over to down under because they're going to throw enough money at, at one of these guys to make it worth their while to go on there or, and fight. Or Zoo's got to realize I got to come to the United States. Uh, do do what the Maloney twins did in coming over here. Do what George Cambosis was willing to do at 135. Come over here to the United States. Do what his get, father did. <laughs> do what his father did. Costa Zoo. Come to the U.S. and make the make the big coin to come here because honestly, it has run its course with four knockouts for him in the last 11 months against Australian fighters that not many people worldwide care about. So come to the U.S. And it, and it may be that he gets one contender fight and then he's looking at the winner of this Jermel Charlo, uh, Brian Castaño, undisputed 154-pound title fight that'll be next weekend, July 17th. Uh, I think Tim Zhu, a very marketable name, big-time puncher. Uh, he's got a lot of hype around him out of Australia. So come here and make a chunk. Get, a, get the biggest payday of his career. Uh, to come here and fight because uh, let's be honest uh, at, the, at least at this point, Jermel Charlo is not going to Australia to fight <laughs> Tim zoo. No if chance. that fight happens as an undisputed four belt title fight, it's happening in the United States. So he might as well come here, get acclimated, get COVID tested, be ready to go, go fight somebody else, train here and then, and then call out uh, Charlo and stay here and fight Charlo. Um, otherwise stay in Australia and fight nobodies and risk going into anonymity and have people disregard what your fights are at this point. That's me saying that anyway. All right. A couple of more news items. And I promise we're getting to the Steve Kim interview, all the discussion about fury and Wilder being off. We're going to kind of go in chronology. Marquise and I will also have thoughts about that. And then we'll get into fight picks of this golden boy card coming on Friday night, light heavyweight contender fight in the main event with Zerto Ramirez, and Sullivan Barrera, the Cuban-born uh, fighter, and then uh, Javier Fortuna, Jojo Diaz in the lightweight co-feature. We'll have odds, we'll have predictions, we'll have assessments on all of that coming up. All right, news items of the week for this week, besides the zoo fight happening midweek, and he gets the win. A couple of other things of note. Um, Devin Haney, speaking of the lightweight situation, is apparently keeping all of his options open. He's apparently re-signed with Matchroom Boxing, although he doesn't have an exclusive deal with DAZN to televise his fights. Devin Haney very much wanting in the picture for Teofimo Lopez, for Ryan Garcia, for somebody. Uh, what is your opinion? We're going to have Steve Kim talking more about this. But what's your opinion, Marquise, about Devin Haney and what might be next? Do you have a prediction? 
my prediction, TJ, is more than likely he's going to face someone down the line. I really think he's going to face the winner of this fight this past, this coming up Friday, this Jojo Diaz versus Javier Fortuna card, which was a fight that the WBC mandated for his belt that he, they emailed to him two years ago anyway, as part of the mandatory process. One of those mandatories was Ryan Garcia, and that all, we all know how that played out so far. The second part of it is this Fortuna fight, and I really think the winner of this Fortuna fight versus Jojo Diaz is going to at some point face Haney. What, what's interesting, TJ, about this Haney deal with him no longer being on, you know, on Matchroom and, and or Eddie Hearns, you know, in, in this weird advisory role, whatever that really means. All, all that really means, TJ, as you well know, is that this advisor role is next fight that Devin Haney has. You, we, we see we get to see Eddie Hearn in the background holding the pictures. So hopefully that's what that means essentially. But he's kind of stuck in a spot, TJ, because there's really no fights for him because we're still going to figure out what's going with Ryan Garcia. Tiafimo Lopez is still waiting for this thriller fight to happen. If they put this fight on, who knows at this point, top rank maybe will be able to put this fight back on their network the way this is thing, everything's going lately. And between those guys, and he's he's not going to get Tank Davis anytime soon. So I'm, right. I'm so the, the, the big names are not there for Haney. And we've seen him against, you know, the Lenaruses and the, the other, you know, also Rands and whatnot. He, he, has, he has this title, but there's no one for him, no one for him, and they gave him two mandatory. So he's stuck. And, and until he gets past Fortuna, this Fortuna Diaz winner, he, he has no other options. All right, so that's the Devin Haney uh, situation. I know midweek you were on the conference call again. Next weekend, Jermel Charlo, Brian Castaño for the four belts, for the four world titles at 154 pounds. And you kind of stirred it up on Thursday before we're releasing the podcast on Friday about why is Jermel Charlo not on a pound-for-pound list? And actually, you weren't stirring it up per se. You were just writing what he was saying in answers to media questions on Wednesday evening uh, in, in advance of this Castaño fight. All right, is Jamel Charlo pound for pound top 10 worthy? Are you even making that argument or are you just saying, hey, he was making the argument, let's consider it? I, I personally, TJ, I think he has a legitimate case on it. If you if you look at the rings, the, the, the Ring Magazine rankings, and what started all of this, uh, for those who weren't listening on the media call yesterday, Dan Raphael from Ring Magazine, World Boxing News, wherever he is this weekend, uh, asked about uh, legacy, and pretty much Charlo kind of hijacked his narrative for that story that he's writing for Ring, I'm sure, on Friday, and pretty much like the, the belts are. And his, his quote was, "The belts are just trophies. I don't care about that. I, I care about being, you know, you know, the greatest of all time, and I can't get there with the media because you guys don't put me on this list and." And TJ, let's be honest, the Ring Magazine's list right now, as of this recording, and they ain't going to fix it tomorrow on Friday either. Uh, 154 has Charlo as a champion at one. The number one, the number one contender, uh, TJ? Jarrett Hurd at 154. So needless to say, this list isn't exactly up to date. I, I, I'm beginning to wonder if they're hiring because that, that this is a little, <laughs> a little outdated. You're talking about the Ring Rankings still has yes. Jarrett Hurd, who lost his last fight on the undercard of Mayweather Paul in at Miami. At 160. <laughs> At, at 160 pounds. So, yeah, the, the rankings are dubious. We understand yeah. that. I'm saying to Marquise Johns, senior writer, bigfightweekend.com, is Jermel Charlo worthy of top 10 pound for pound on your list? If I had to, if I had to write a list today, TJ, he's on there because he has three belts. He's going for four, and I'm I'm, I'm a big believer in that argument. Where I, and this is the argument that Charlo's making is like, why do I have to win this fourth belt to be on that list? Canelo's doing the same thing, so it it's apples and apples. Pretty it's apples and oranges actually, but in a way, he has a point with that in that regards. But Charlo, and I think what it is, TJ, is that no one's at 154 because he's Charlo's been in some fun fights. He's also won the Harrison. He got the win back. He beat Rosario. 
I mean, beat Williams. He's beat a lot of the guys at 154 already. So I, it's kind of hard to, to, to not put him on that list considering the people that are actually on there that, I mean, you have one Estrada on there. I mean, Lomachenko's still on there and he's lost. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a great debate and I can see why he wants to be on it. All right. Very good. Fair enough on that. All right. Do this for me, Marquis. Stand by. We've got more on the way, including Steve Kim, Boxing Insider, Three Knockdown Rule podcast. He's based out in Southern California. The Golden Boy promotion show is coming Friday night. At the time that we interviewed Steve Kim, it was not confirmed yet that Tyson Fury had COVID-19. You'll hear us discussing the hypotheticals. Kim will have much more on the Friday night Golden Boy show that he will be at. Marquise and I will come back on the backside of the Steve Kim interview to talk more about that. All of that as we roll along in the Big Fight Weekend podcast. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet, bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports, and games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today. You'll receive a special offer for up to $500 risk-free on a sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. And download the app today. Again, that's wynnbet.com. And we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on the NBA championship and the Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors on PropSwap. If you see a ticket you like but think the price is too high, submit a bid for the price that you think is fair and then buy it. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time with one click of the button and PropSwap gives you a suggested price tool to let you know how much your ticket should be worth. This week, for example, a PropSwap customer sold a $200 12-to-1 Phoenix Suns championship ticket for 1200 bucks, that's a six times return on the investment for the seller and the adjusted odds at minus 160 for the buyer. Better than every sports book in the country. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Kind of think of it like the stock market, but for sports betting. Use our promo code SGP and your first deposit is for up to $500 in bonus cash, $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. That's PropSwap. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. We're back on Big Fight Weekend now. Here's your host, TJ Reeves. As promised, I always love the insight whenever we can get it from whatever direction that we can get it. We need to beef up the credibility on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. So we reach out to the West Coast 
to a guy that has done a great job as an insider for many, many years, and he's part of the Three Knockdown Rule uh, podcast with Mario Lopez. Does he keep Mario in line, or does Mario keep him in line? I'm not sure which. Steve Kim is back with me. Good to have you back aboard. Thank you for answering the bat signal from Marquise and me to come on and drop some knowledge here on our podcast. How are things, my friend? Uh, things are well, TJ. I can't wait till uh, Friday, and I believe the show will be released by then. This yep. will be the first big show of Golden Boy non-bubble in the state of California, so I'm excited for it. The fights are now happening. Uh, they're happening with crowds, at least some of them, um, and I th- I'm sure we're going to touch upon that soon, but... I'm doing well. I can't complain. All right, so we'll get into that. And again, you guys had Oscar De La Hoya on your most recent podcast who was talking about that first fight card coming up in L.A., and it is a Friday night fight card, depending on when they're hearing us uh, here on the weekend. But there's some other intriguing stuff as well about Oscar fighting himself, Oscar back out there in an exhibition himself, but also what's up with Ryan Garcia, who was supposed to be part of this fight card, but is not. What is the latest with the unbeaten lightweight contender and do the names Tank Davis, Teofimo Lopez kind of come around on that. Steve's going to have insight on all of that. What is unavoidable at the moment is the biggest topic uh, out there right now is is the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder fight in jeopardy of being postponed uh, to a later date. Uh, the reports have been out just before we're taping this that members of Fury's camp, several of them, maybe as many as 10 of them, which is unreal, have tested positive for COVID-19 and the camp is shut down at the moment. Steve has been doing some reporting. We've been kicking around uh, a little bit. You're going to have a much better luck with your sources than what we do. Let's go at it like this. It's an evolving story. Are we looking at a definite postponement in your mind? Speculate, educated speculation. Are we looking at that this thing's going to have to be delayed? Or do you believe it can still press forward uh, Fury Wilder 3 for the 24th, roughly two weeks from now? I'm getting the feel that it won't be. The optics just don't look good. And you obviously have the medical situation. And it hasn't been made clear if Tyson Fury is one of those with the COVID-19 I spoke to someone at top rank on Thursday morning after the story broke from Mike Coppinger at ESPN, who basically told me that nothing has changed, but it is being looked into. So at this point, the best way to describe it is that the event is certainly in jeopardy. And I have a hard time thinking to myself, are they going to go with this event based on what Lance Pugmire has then followed up with? that various members of this camp are also infected. This has been a really long odyssey, TJ. If you actually go through it, they yeah. had their rematch February of 2020. I was at that fight. They were supposed to fight in July. And then obviously last year's pandemic shutdown kiboshed that. There was talk of them fighting in December at the Allegiant Stadium, the home of the Raiders. Then that was basically canceled because I believe the Fury camp believed that, along with top rank, there is no contract that could actually make us do a third fight. Everyone kind of moved on to the Anthony Joshua fight. Then the arbitration went against Top Rank and Fury. And now we're at this. This is this is very alarming to me, TJ. Keep this in mind. And this is just factual. And I'm not saying that there's any conspiracy theories. But in two runs as the heavyweight champion, Tyson Fury has never actually made a title defense. That, that's an amazing stat to me. Okay? I mean, that, literally, he makes Gary Russell look active. The other 
the other thing that's a fact, and again, I know that there was a pandemic and I know that there was a shutdown. If you look at the heavyweight trio of Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, and Deontay Wilder, since the night of February 22nd, 2020, the three of them have combined for all of one fight. Right. I mean, this is the heavyweight glamour division, and it's been an absolute logjam. And I don't think it's good for the division, and, and this being the game's heavyweight um, class, the glamour division of the sport, which in theory is supposed to carry the sport of boxing. Quite frankly, these guys have not done their part. Yeah, I would agree. And and again, you're making reference to the last time that Fury won the undisputed championship off Vladimir Klitschko. He figuratively and literally uh, went away and, and went on a party that lasted weeks, if not months, if not a year or more, and never came back to the sport for three years while ballooning to close to 400 pounds by his own admission. Uh, it's cr- It's crazy. Uh, And so, yeah, the delays continue here. And again, I couch this to the audience. You may already know the answer as we release the podcast that they've had to postpone this. Steve and I don't know that at the time that we're talking. One of the hangups, I want your opinion, because again, you're doing reporting on this, is when do they try to fight again in and around the Pacquiao bout with Errol Spence on August the 21st? And the concern is they don't want to do these two pay-per-views, which are going to be very expensive, right beside each other if they can avoid it either before or after. And so some of the conjecture is this fight might not happen until September Fury Wilder we're talking about, and it might not happen now pushing it to October. Steve, I'm sitting back, and I think a lot of boxing fans will be the same way, rolling their eyes, wondering, is it going to happen at all if they have to postpone? This is the reality. When you look at the way boxing is scheduled, you generally don't want to have more than one pay-per-view event per month. Because that's a billing cycle uh, in terms of your cable and your satellite bill. Keep this in mind. Fury Wilder 3, like the rematch, is a co-promotion with Fox uh, and ESPN. Fox is already doing a pay-per-view with Manny Pacquiao and Errol Spence in August. Then in September, and we don't know this yet, what's going to happen with the Canelo-Caleb plant fight. That fight could also end up on Fox. So if you're that particular corporation that's aligned with the PBC... You don't necessarily want another pay-per-view in either August or September. So the smart money would say that if this thing is actually postponed, that you'd have to go to October. And keep this in mind, TJ. Let's say it is Tyson Fury that has COVID. There's also a medical situation. Are we sure uh, that he would be able to be recovered in a relatively short amount of time? We've seen some fighters where it has not affected them. They've been able to perform relatively well. But if you talk to a guy like Jamel Herring, and I remember reporting on this yep. last year, yep. uh, when he had COVID, it really did affect his performance against Jonathan Okendo. So that's the other thing. We, until we really know the status of Tyson Fury's health, then you have to assume that he's actually going to be healthy enough in two and a half months to reschedule this fight. And now the other flip side is just looking at the business of boxing. If you're Deontay Wilder, um, do you start looking at other possibilities or do you say this is by far the biggest payday I have and by 
hell or high water. I'm not fighting anyone but Tyson Fury next. I yeah. think there's a lot of issues to be resolved here. Yeah, I think that is 100% what his mindset's going to be. I got 30 million reasons to not step aside and to wait this out and whatever else is going on here. And uh, we, we understand this, and I know this is what you're saying. I mean, Teofimo Lopez... Uh, tested positive. It has postponed his fight. He's apparently been symptomatic. He has been very open about the fact that he's asthmatic and very concerned about it. Uh, it is going to probably derail that fight into September or October that he had to stop training. And that's what your point is with Fury. If he has it and he's symptomatic and has to stop training, they're not going to have a choice probably until September or October for him to get cranked back up again and get back in fighting shape. So, We'll see how that part goes. All right, so I've got you here for several purposes before we both have to run. One of them is on the Three Knockdown Rule podcast. And again, they need to subscribe. They need to find that with you and Mario Lopez. You guys had Oscar De La Hoya in the studio in advance of this Friday night DAZN Golden Boy fight card. Uh, I've, I've seen the video clips. I've listened to the podcast. Uh, Oscar was, uh, it, it was great. I won't ruin the whole thing. They, they need to go listen, but he's talking about his own exhibition coming up. He's talking about the Golden Boy Stable of Fighters. He's talking about this fight card coming up here. What struck you the most about being with one of the premier, uh, certainly one of the premier personalities in boxing, even to this day, over the last 30 years, uh, on, on him being on your show, Steve? TJ, you know what struck me? Is that anything he said is specifically about this week or the state of his company? But, TJ, I was around when he was a, the biggest star in boxing. I mean, I started out this business on the boxing beat in right around 1996. So I caught the heyday of the golden boy. And quite frankly, I always thought he was a cliche machine, uh, very contrived, very vanilla, very bland. Uh, very corporate in his statements back then as a fighter. I don't think there was a lot of authenticity. Fast forward to 2021, TJ, I think he's one of the funniest personalities that just doesn't <laughs> give a damn. He'll say anything. I mean, right. honestly, look, I mean, he, he'll, to me, I wish he was more like that uh, as a fighter, much more colorful, much more off the cuff, much more bold and polarizing uh, than he was back when you'd ask him a question and you would just basically go through a list of 15 cliches like I had the best training camp of my life, I take it one fight at a time. Quite frankly, I thought he was boring. Now Oscar's a funny guy. I think there's a part of him that says, I have F you money. No matter what you say about me, no matter what I've done in the past, my life is good and I'm going to have fun. He's a very fun, engaging personality. And, you know, one of my friends who, who's never really been a De La Hoya fan, but respects him and says, Steve, I have to be honest, Oscar's won me over, and if there's ever a guy that could be the Charles Barkley of boxing, it would be him. <laughs> now, if you would have told me that, TJ, 25 years ago, I would have given you a million-to-one odds that that wouldn't be true, but honestly, I do agree with them. I think Oscar's become a really fun interview. I, I don't agree with everything that he says or everything that he does, but when he's on his A-game, I think he's a very, very entertaining interview. Yeah, there's no doubt about that uh, because it comes through on a lot of these different press conferences and things. Yes. And uh, all right. So anyway, we, we plug away for them to hear more of Oscar on this. His fight card is this fight card. I'll just put it to you. You mentioned fans being there and you've been uh, at the at what's known now as the Dignity Sports Health Complex. What's the former StubHub Center? And you've been to a couple of fights 
and fight cards that have already been there. This one, though, is the first Golden Boy promotion in California. Give us a quick read. Will we have some uh, decent crowd here for this? Uh, I know that uh, Zerto Ramirez and Barrera is the main event. Fortuna Jojo Diaz is the co-feature, the lightweight bout that was supposed to have Ryan Garcia as a main event bout in it. But is Southern California getting a little amped up here late in the week for this? Will we have some decent crowd and some atmosphere on DAZN for this one? Well, TJ, keep this in mind. This is actually at the soccer stadium, the Bank uh, United uh, Los Angeles Stadium, the one that uh, was built over the old L.A. sports arena back about three, four years ago. It is not at the war grounds, but it's a really nice facility. Uh, Top Rank actually did an event about two years ago at the Manuel Navarrete, and Golden Boy did the open workout for the rematch between Gennady Golovkin and Canelo Alvarez. I think there's going to be more boxing events there in the future. It's right next to the Coliseum. You could literally see Tommy Trojan from outside the venue. That's how close it is to USC uh, and their football field. Look, do I think there's going to be a overflow crowd? No, because Ryan Garcia, who was slated to headline this, decided that he was having mental health issues that he needed to take care of. So they had to salvage the card. TJ, I'm writing a twice-weekly column-slash-blog-slash-article for snack.com, uh, S-N-A-C.com. And my latest piece is how Zerto Ramirez needs to put on more exciting, more entertaining performances if he wants to be considered for the Canelo Alvarez's of the world. I described him as that car that goes 55 miles per hour in the middle of the freeway and never changes lanes, never changes speeds, and infuriates everybody, even though he gets to his destination. I I actually like this car top to bottom. By the way, TJ, if you buy a ticket and if you show up at noon, you're guaranteed to get about nine hours worth of boxing. So you're going to get your money's worth. There's 12 fights on this card because <laughs> Golden Boy's had a backlog of fighters that they owe fights to. But some of the undercard stuff, like Joseph Diaz, Fortuna, the uh, Zapata, Tanahara fight, I think is going to be very good. Sinicia Estrada is one of the more exciting female fighters in the world. Azad Hobanessian, one of my favorite 122-pounders. Lamont Roach, I think is a really technically skilled 130-pounder. He's on the bill. It would be a worst-case scenario after a long day of boxing if Zerto Ramirez puts on his regular trudging 12-round performance. That thing could end up being a walkout bout, TJ. So he has to not just win. I think he has to make a statement, which is something that De La Hoya said on the three-knockdown rule. He said, BS, I want a seventh-round knockout because I need something to work with. And quite frankly, I don't disagree. Yeah, you got to have something to sell. Steve Kim is selling it with us. Big Fight Weekend podcast for just a few more moments. And again, the fight card is the Golden Boy fight card uh, that is the most prominent one for this weekend, at least in the U.S., on DAZN coming Friday night. Again, depending on when you're hearing us, you may already know some of the results of these fights. The Fortuna fight, again, with Diaz is interesting because we don't have enough time right now, but the WBC has so convoluted its its rankings and who is its champ, who's its real champ, who's your daddy, is it Teofimo, is it Devin Haney, is it supposed to be the winner of this fight, is it Ryan Garcia, is it Oscar De La Hoya himself, although I don't think De La Hoya can make 135 <laughs> anymore. We uh, We don't know. But interesting that the winner, Fortuna and Diaz, obviously is in the picture. Whether it's a Devin Haney picture, whether it's a Ryan Garcia picture, we don't know. That's the intrigue for Friday night for those two guys, whoever wins. Keep this in mind. When Ryan Garcia began the year way back 
on the second or third day of January when he knocked out Luke Campbell. That was for this interim title, which then mandated him to fight Devin Haney. He flat out avoided that fight. Now we go back here. After he decides not to fight Fortuna, in steps Joseph Diaz, who lost his IBF 130-pound title at the scale about three months ago. This is a pivotal fight. I'm actually surprised that Diaz is the betting favorite. I think he's going to win, but that surprised me given the fact he doesn't have much of a track record above 130 pounds. And this is a good fight. I actually think this is the best pure fight on the card. And it, it will be interesting that if Joseph Diaz holds serve and is able to beat this pretty good veteran in Fortuna, does he then enforce his number one spot against Devin Haney or does he try to go back down to 130 where he just missed weight? So uh, I'm not so sure what's going to happen, but I agree with you, TJ. As soon as Mauricio Suleiman and the WBC started to make up the franchise title, which began with Saul Alvarez, he opened up a can of worms. And, and we're looking at the worst case scenario here in the 135 pound class with the WBC. Yep, no doubt. All right, we got to go in a minute. Uh, again, on the three knockdown rule, Oscar De La Hoya is talking about Ryan Garcia and Gervonta Davis. Davis winning a couple of weeks ago and whether or not that fight can happen. Um, gauge it for us. Is there zero chance of that happening this year? Is there or soon? Is there fifty percent five on a scale of ten? Is it an eight or a nine where Garcia and Davis can happen? Give me the, give me the BS detector. Give me the uh, the years of covering this and and sifting through all the people that are just hyping something to hype it. Can we possibly see Garcia Davis? What is the Steve Kim read? Uh, I think, and I could be wrong, and if I am, I will throw myself under the bus. I think it's less than zero. Wow, I, I really do. no and chance. I actually, yeah, and I'll tell you one thing I think is very suspect, TJ, to end this segment. I spoke to somebody who's an insider who's involved in um, the whole situation. I am told that the Ryan Garcia representatives have actually reached out, and they kind of want to fight Yuri Gamboa in their first bat, bout back. Wow. That's ridiculous. Honestly, you, you, you have a good one with Campbell. You're facing another solid veteran in Fortuna. And to go all the way backwards and to even bring up the name of Yuri Orcus Gamboa. Yep. I, I think that's an absolute shame, and I hope that does not happen. And Gamboa obviously just suffered an injury and was not able to be part of the uh, of the fight card with Colbert last weekend in California. And nobody, I mean, Davis beat him, and he's uh, you know almost forty years Gigi, old. When was yeah. the last time Gamboa had a solid victory? Yeah, it's been at least exactly. two, if not three years. And keep this in mind: I was there. Uh, I believe it was either two thousand seventeen or more or less. I think two thousand eighteen, three years ago. Golden Boy actually was trying to make that fight with Gamboa for Ryan Garcia three years ago. <laughs> I, I don't see any value other than Ryan Garcia wants to get paid a lot of money to face a broken-down veteran. And that that fight would not be met well by the public, in my view. All right, so winner of this lightweight fight has what kind of chance at Devin Haney now that you laid that out for us? Could that be realistic for late this year or is that not even realistic with Haney holding a version of the WBC title? It's realistic in a sense that because it's a, I think it's an interim title fight or it's one of those designations right. that, that was mandated by the BC. My, to my knowledge, they'd be the number one contender. And if it's Fortuna, 
who has a good track record, or even Joseph Diaz, who's a former world champion, if you can't make Devin Haney against any of the other marquee names, and Devin Haney, who just re-signed with, I believe, Eddie Hearn, but will not be um, committed to the zone, it wouldn't be the worst fight in the world. I was actually at Devin Haney's last fight against Jorge Linares. I think that was a very solid performance outside of one really scary moment at the end of the 10th. So... At the end of the day, the, the, the BC has made a mandate about this fight coming up on Friday, and, and it's up to those organizations, no matter what we think of the mandates, to actually enforce them. We'll see if they do. This man enforces with Mario Lopez. Plug away, three knockdown rule podcast. Plug away on everything, please, Steve Kim. Yeah, three knockdown rule. We come out every single week, or for the most part, if Mario's schedule allows it. And also, I am now doing a twice-weekly column called Canine's Corner at snack.com, S-N-A-C.com. All right, so we love both of those things. Steve Kim, you're great to be with us. Enjoy the fights Friday, long day and night of fights in the shadow of Tommy Trojan at the Golden Boy card that's there. Again, it eventually works its way to the light heavyweight. Zerto Ramirez and Sullivan Barrera. Also, Jojo Diaz challenges Javier Fortuna. What happens with the winner of that fight? Steve will be all over it. We'll be covering it, be talking about it on the Three Knockdown Rule podcast. Thank you, my friend, for hanging with us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Anytime, TJ. Have a great weekend. And there he goes. We love the insight again of Steve Kim, and uh, we appreciate him making some time for us again with the understanding, as I said a little while ago, that all of that was being taped as we pull the curtain back on how we pull off, how we make the sauce here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. That was taped before the reports were out Thursday night that Tyson Fury is, in fact, COVID-19 positive and symptomatic, which means the third fight with Deontay Wilder postponed will not be July 24th. When will it be? Marquise Johns is back with me, senior writer, bigfightweekend.com. All right, your thoughts. Steve was given his thoughts and his insight, your thoughts, and then I'm going to have some uh, that were in limbo again with Fury Wilder 3. You could not orchestrate a catastrophic event bigger than this tj because now with this fight being pushed back from july 24th a date that was all but debated and haggled on to begin with with the arbitration hearing and wilder not being ready and then fury won the fight random people and then aj and then a big fight announcer from eddie hearn that we're still waiting on for anything and it's just a bunch of mess tj it's, it's it's disastrous and i really wonder what was fury thinking in all of this where you would think in, in a training camp in a fight of this magnitude they're not asking these guys for COVID testing. I mean, we're, what are we doing with all this? It doesn't make any sense, TJ. And it, it and now now they push this fight back into October, where as you as you all know, because everything with the Olympics and everything else that's going to be coming around the corner, it, it it makes these windows even tighter. And we wrote for Big Fight Weekend about when this fight was being postponed. That the first open date they, they said would be available at the T-Mobile Arena, where this fight was scheduled to take place, is October 9th after an Alanis Morissette concert. So now we're <laughs> fighting concerts, TJ. <laughs> we're fighting concerts and comedians now for uh, for our venues and dates in vegas so it's a mess all right so i have a couple of additional thoughts now that we know what this is can i just lay it out here on the big fight weekend podcast what yes. an idiot what mm -hmm. an idiot tyson fury is uh for this I, you don't have to sugarcoat it you don't have to try to say well you know you just kind of feel bad for him no. this is with what was writing on this financially legacy with everything that has gone on with this soap opera 
for him to not be vaccinated, number one, that's a whole debate. But if you're not going to be vaccinated, to not be COVID testing everybody that's around you constantly to make sure this doesn't happen is Hall of Fame idiocy. And I, and I have to say that uh, in, all, in all candor, he's been an idiot before with his own personal life, his own behavior, with whatever, and maybe maybe this is what we should have expected. And there's another argument that can be made, too, that, that Eddie Hearn and, and Anthony Joshua are now laughing because apparently Tyson Fury, Bob Arum and company just hemmed and hawed and delayed and delayed last year thinking they could walk away from this contract this Wilder fight could have been last fall. It could have been in last December. They could have made it work, but apparently Fury was so intent on being able to walk away from it and be a free agent. They screwed everything up on the timeline. They then lost the arbitration hearing saying you have to fight. And now it's Fury that screws this up. I mean, Marquise, it would be one thing if Deontay Wilder screwed this up. And I don't yeah. know that he's vaccinated either. I don't know how much they're COVID testing his sparring partners and the people around him, but they're not the problem here. The problem is Fury yes. and numerous guys in his camp, including sparring partners, apparently have this, gave it to him. He gave it to them. Who knows? This is idiocy. And he deserves every bit of criticism that is now going to be hurled every which direction for screwing this up two weeks from it actually happening here. All right, your response to what I had to say. I agree, TJ, and I also want to piggyback that as well. And um, I'm going to throw Bob Aram under the bus, TJ. This is the second week in a row I'm going to say this. We need to start fact-checking the elderly in this country because this guy, this Bob character, has lied, was lying to the media flat out, saying to their faces, and I've experienced this, and he said, hey, Fury's vaccinated. We're just going to be good to go for the fight. And here we are with no third fight. So it's it's embarrassing, TJ. Like, it's, 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 it's a disaster and an embarrassment from boxing from top rank, from Fury, Fury's camp, Fury's people. Fury's dad saying, oh, well, it just happens. What's rescheduled? No, there's too much involved in that. It's, it's beyond that. So it, it, um, at this point, TJ, it makes you wonder. I'm going to throw his first question back to you. When this fight eventually happens in October, if, if we get it in October, I'm, I'm going to give you the quote, quote, quote fingers on that in case something crazy happens again. You know, there could always be a sparring injury or a training camp injury. So who, the, who knows when this fight may actually happen? Will the buzz be there for this third fight in October as it was right no. now? Because it's not. No. <laughs> I'm giving you the quick answer. No, yeah. because you're going to be in the football season. That's what they were trying to jam this thing in yeah. before the football season and have it be the big event. I mean, it was going to be the ultimate lemonade out of lemons. I mean, because they were, they were forced to make this fight. So they went ahead and popped it in late July where you could have basically the sports world's attention. The NBA finals will be over in two weeks between Phoenix and, and Milwaukee, and at the rate we're going, it may be over for Milwaukee over in a matter of hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, the Stanley Cup finals are over. You have baseball playing. You don't have football yet in this country. It was going to take center stage, yeah. really, for that entire week. And again, uh, just idiocy. And as Steve Kim pointed out, Tyson Fury still has never made a heavyweight title defense. It's a great point because he beats Klitschko and then went off the deep end psychologically and never returned for three years and had to vacate everything. And now he's had the championship at this moment for 17 months without fighting anybody. Uh, it's amazing. And we'll see what the repercussions are and when the rescheduled fight can happen. 
But uh, this, I, I feel badly for Deontay Wilder because Deontay Wilder has made a lot of money in, in his PBC run and then in that first Fury fight. But this isn't about money. He wanted to get his title back, wanted to get his rep back and all yeah. of this. And in the end, Tyson Fury turns out to be a clown yet again. Everybody wants to make, oh, look at how much of a salesman and whatever. But what a clown thing to have here that is completely within your control. Uh, and they deserve to be blasted every which direction, especially uh, when, when Fury is saying, I got one of the two required COVID shots, but didn't get the second one. And then we're not COVID testing. We're not practicing any of the guidelines, any of the social distancing so that you can have this happen two weeks before the fight. If you can tell, I'm a little bitter. I'm a little salty here yeah. that we're not going to get this fight. It would have been it would have been tremendous to have this in the in the July lull when there's not other sports. And now. To your point, when the NFL is cranking, uh, if they do have that fight October 9th, by the way, you know that my fall gig is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their radio broadcast. October 10th is Tom Brady and the Buccaneers at New England against the Patriots, his oh, former team. Man. The one and only time he's ever going to play in New England. Is anybody going to be talking about Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder that weekend? No, I, I, I will not be teaching and say what's boxing on October 10th once Brady is, is getting his revenge against the Bucks against the Patriots. Are you kidding me? Like that's uh -huh. that's that's must see TV and, and pretty much the entire U.S. is going to shut down because of it. And usually, TJ, let's be honest, like the early October isn't exactly prime real estate for right. a pay-per-view of this magnitude. Like normally like on October, like around this time, to give you a great example, like two years ago. Top Rank had uh, the uh, the Navarrete versus Ruben Villa card on an October 8th, I want to say. It's right. fights like that. You put those fights on in early October. You don't put a third trilogy fight that's for the heavyweight championship of the world. Right, and when Deontay Wilder was fighting like King Kong Ortiz or somebody, they were doing those in October or November. Okay, if it's a, you know Anthony Joshua fighting somebody, and again, they're in Britain, it's a different deal because the English Premier League is not hot and heavy in October, November, December, not the same way that it is uh, in the spring when it's wrapping up. So it's a different situation. It's a different circumstance. But highly disappointing on that. All right, so there's the news on that. Let's get to the fight card we were talking to Steve Kim about. It is the biggest card. I know there is a fight card in England. Uh, what is it? Lyndon Arthur is the main event uh, in that fight card um, uh, from Queensbury Promotions that's coming on Saturday afternoon, U.S. time, Saturday night uh, in the U.K. That's their primetime fight. Uh, but for all intents and purposes, this uh, battle in, um, in this case, in, Cal in California, these two battles, a light heavyweight showdown, Zerto against Sullivan Barrera, and then Fortuna Jojo Diaz. All right, Marquise, give me more because Steve Kim kind of whetted our appetite. He'll be covering the fights. What, what about these uh, matchups on DAZN Golden Boy Promotions? Yeah, TJ, that's actually a pretty decent. It's a pretty stacked Golden Boy card uh, coming up tomorrow night. But I wanted to piggyback on uh, your, 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 the, the uh, Queensbury card on Saturday. The only thing that, that was supposed to happen in that fight card of note, TJ, was Anthony Yard was supposed to fight on this card on Saturday. His opponent pulled out, so he's being delayed again. And they're slowly rebuilding to that London R for Anthony Yard matchup. I think at this point, nobody wants, but they're going to try it anyway. But keep, keep, keep an eye on that. Uh, London R should stop that guy easily in, uh, within six rounds. But to get back to the Golden Boy card, 
uh, really intriguing card, TJ. And the one thing that's really interesting about this and the reason why it's it's so stacked, TJ, is because no one really knows what Golden Boy, what's going to happen after this. They have one fight card tomorrow. They have one uh, fight card supposedly in August. And then from there, who knows where Golden Boy's going to have to actually fights on because there's uh, supposedly Their that's deal the deal with DAZN is, is expiring. Yeah. And who knows, do, does it end up that De La Hoya brings his promotion trying to bring it to ESPN? Does he bring it to Triller full-time? What is he? In? I mean, he's not going to end up with PBC because yeah. Al Heyman and, and PBC hate him. And so you're not going to see cooperation there uh, for all the disparaging things. I mean, let's, let's not forget De La Hoya and Bob Arum were suing Premier Boxing Champions and Al Heyman before the suits got dismissed. And, and essentially the courts ruled back four or five years ago, uh, yeah, he's allowed to compete with you. He's allowed to have fights and ha- have TV network deals and whatever and compete with you. So it's not going to be with PBC, with Showtime, or with Fox. So you're saying what happens with Golden Boy? And as Steve Kim said, he's going to roll out all kinds of fights and fighters that this is going to start at noon local time yes. on Friday, and they're still going to be fighting – uh, probably 11 or 12 hours later with the co-feature and the feature fight. They're just going to roll out fight after fight after fight. Yeah, TJ, I think this is like an eight, like a nine or 10 fight card. And a lot of that's because the, the Golden Boy has to get these fighters in action. A lot of them have been, have been active for so long because the fight's been canceled. I mean, that Jaime Munguia versus, uh, which when he became like Camille Sazmeta, uh, was like delayed like four times. And a lot of those guys had to, had to push back on that. So I'm, I'm hoping that with that, with all that fun stuff, but either way, it's going to be a fun card. It's gonna be a long day for a lot of folks there. But the one the, the interesting about this golden boy card being so long with it is that at least they're having it outdoors in bank of America on a Friday. And it is, you know, the summer, and it's going to be interesting to see how that's going to look on television TJ, because usually Usually crowds at that fight cards at, at Bank of California Stadium, which has which still fight cards before the soccer stadium for the LA uh, the LA MLS team, whatever that is. Uh, and it, it, it's it, it's 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 a beautiful arena. I'm hoping that at least with the main event and it's Gilberto Ramirez, TJ. And I don't know about you, but in terms of light heavyweights, if I were to put a, a gun to your head and told you to watch this Gilberto Ramirez <laughs> fight, you'd probably tell me to push the, to pull the trigger. And I'm, and I'm hoping he can change that narrative because this last four fights, TJ, absolute boredom. But All that's right, the main well, let's event. Get into it. That's the main yeah. event. Ramirez, Zerto Ramirez, Sullivan Barrera. Barrera plus 500 as the underdog. Uh, he is an aging Cuban light heavyweight. Ramirez primarily a super middleweight. He was a super middleweight champion before vacating his belt. He has aspirations for a light heavyweight title shot, and he is a minus 1,000 favorite. So there's not much respect being given to Barrera at all in this main event. Follow up on that. Well, TJ, but well, the reason why he's being disrespected for the most part is a he's coming up from 168 to 175, which is usually not a, a good sign, especially when you're getting older. And two, the last time uh, Sullivan Barrera was in a fight of, that a lot of people actually remember of, of consequence, he lost to Jesse Hart, and that's been about three or four years ago. So he's on the pretty much TJ. He's on the way out. And the, what will be cool to see with Ramirez if Ramirez does find a way to actually steal the show and and, and put an end to a. Uh, uh, Barrera early he'll he'll want to put his name in the conversation with the better Bevs and the Beevils I'm thinking realistically TJ a, a fight between Dimitri Bevel and Gilberto Ramirez wouldn't be the most entertaining on paper but it's one that style wise makes a lot more sense than anything else I mean he's gonna he's gonna call out all of me I mean better Bev, you know all that, that that's all still in limbo but hopefully we get something interesting from Gilberto Ramirez and Ramirez I'm just 
for as many fights as he's had, TJ, I don't see it, but I want to be proven wrong on this. <laughs> All right, much more competitive is Javier Fortuna, Jojo Diaz. And you were saying earlier, you're going to eliminate it here for our friends at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Jojo Diaz, former uh, junior lightweight world champ, moves up to lightweight here, contender fight with Fortuna, the Dominican veteran, and Jojo Diaz, the favorite at minus uh, 200 here for this. Fortuna at plus 160. Does the winner get Ryan Garcia? Steve Kim was saying to us, probably not. Does the winner maybe get Devin Haney, WBC uh, version of the world title shot? All right, analyze it real quick, and where where should our uh, short-term investment be on Fortuna Diaz, Golden Boy main event Friday night? TJ, I'm gonna pull, I'm gonna pull a curveball here. I think your your short term investment money should be on the tie or draw of this contest because Jojo Diaz is coming up in weight because he lost his 130 pound belt off on on the scale. Uh, so he's he's moved up to 135 for this contest. He said he he may move back down to 130 later on. We'll see we'll see what ha- what happens with that. But in the meantime, he gets Fortuna, who who is who hasn't had who, who last was fighting during the pandemic in last November, but he's pretty much been waiting for his chance in this very this pseudo WBC title eliminator fight for about a year and a half now so i'm i'm but the problem with this tj matt style wise jojo diaz isn't the biggest puncher and he's coming up in weight and fortuna isn't exactly one of those guys that's going to be able to actually push diaz off i really think dj this this fight screams majority draw written all over it and that's at plus 1600 i'm not one to tell people to put a draw because it's like kissing your sister as we all know but if you had to put a couple coins on it don't be shocked that that happens and again, uh, Ryan Garcia was supposed to be involved in this main event to fight Fortuna. That's not happening. Uh, but, I mean, it's a great opportunity for Fortuna here. If he beats Diaz, he can say, hey, I, I need to fight Devin Haney now. Let's make that happen later in the year if they can come together or not. Who knows? Again, that's the fight card on the zone. All right, we are about done here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. We remind the audience again don't uh, don't just uh, listen to the podcast. Read the site as well. Uh, Marquise, plug away again because we love it all in the preview mode, the recap mode, even the historical perspective. Absolutely, TJ. BigFightWeekend.com, your source for all things boxing news, past, present, and future. We'll keep an eye out on this Golden Boy card on Friday and, and all 25,000 fights on it. We'll keep an eye out uh, <laughs> if anything of note happens on this Saturday Queensberry card. Um, spoiler alert, probably not. But uh, either way, I'll keep an eye out for at BigFightWeekend.com. Also, TJ, would with that in mind, with the biggest fight off the board, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see who steps up and who picks it up in boxing in terms of matchups. We we saw, but but you know, with this whole Fury thing falling down, you know, Eddie Hearn coming out of the woodworks. Hey, I have Dillian White for you, and it makes you wonder why <laughs> why the fight still stayed canceled. But nonetheless, <laughs> we'll see what we'll see well, what happens. Uh, what immediately recur- occurs to me is the Jermel Charlo Brian Castaño fight, San Antonio, Texas next week takes on much more significance because mm-hmm. there's no Wilder fury the following week as it stands and there's not really a big time championship fight the the week after that july 31st for that saturday so charlo castaño takes on more weight more gravity here i would think next week publicity wise Absolutely, TJ. I, I want to correct you that at the end of the month, TJ, because I'm making this joke on Twitter, follow me at Wixos Radio. The IBF title is on the line that Josh Warrington gave away between Kid Galadad and Jazza Dickens for the IBF vacant oh. super featherweight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're this trouble, is TJ. scraping we're the inside <laughs> of the peanut butter jar with like a scalpel to try to get yeah. me something for that fight. Yeah, there's no nutritional Carlo value in that. Castagno <laughs> will be much more interesting than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we will see, but unfortunately, no Wilder Fury, and who knows when we will see that. 
And again, we love the historical perspective. We write about that all the time. Wrote uh, this week about Julio Cesar Chavez. His Network US TV debut was July of 1985. July 7th of 1985, knocking out Roger Mayweather on CBS Network TV. Mm. How about Julio Cesar Chavez, now Chavez Sr., was 47-0, and 47-0 as a 23-year-old when he fought <laughs> Roger Mayweather and ended up getting to what, like 85-0 and or whatever it was yeah. before he finally lost a fight. So that's incredible. But, yeah, Chavez's network TV debut, we covered that on BigFightWeekend.com, was 36 years ago when he knocked out the late Roger Mayweather and he eventually beat Mayweather as well in a much more competitive uh, rematch one of the all-time greats so we love writing about the historical perspective of the sport there is no doubt about that all right uh marquis are we good are we good are we ready for the golden boy card on friday and again you may know the results of these fights if you're listening to us after friday we're looking forward to friday we'll be writing in the in the preview mode and the recap mode on the website right Absolutely, TJ. Yeah, the Golden Boy card is pretty much what we have going on this weekend. After that, we'll have the, as you mentioned, Charlo Castano, which I think will be a lot closer than people have on paper. And we'll just have to go from there and hopefully we'll have a, maybe, maybe Eddie Hearn will give us that big fight announcement. I mean, they were still working on that Usyk Joshua deal, but there are three minor things that they were working on, but they w- didn't explain what those three minor things were. But nonetheless, we're here we are. By the way, we have come to the end of week five of we'll have an announcement next week on Joshua Usyk. Uh, and wouldn't it be a perfect time now with Wilder and Fury shelved? Go ahead and announce the bloody fight for September for Joshua's unified heavyweight belts. But we're keeping track. We're keeping score on the Big Fight Weekend podcast and on the website that we are at week five of we'll have an announcement next week for Joshua Usyk. And despite Eddie Hearn saying September 25th, mate, September 25th, mate, as long as the other side isn't saying it and there's nothing official anywhere, it's not official. Uh, we wait for that to be official. Uh, we are officially done. Our thanks to Steve Kim again. Uh, we appreciate him being with us. You follow him on social media at Steve Kim 323. Follow us at Big Fight Weekend on Twitter. Big Fight Weekend Facebook page. Marquise, thank you, my friend. Follow him at Week Sauce Radio. Week Sauce, good stuff again. Thanks, DJ. We thank you for being with us as well. Read the website, bigfightweekend.com. Enjoy the action this week. We're back to talk all about it again next week on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Bye.